You're listening to the B-School Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, embodiment coach and founder of Inner Workout. Consider B-School your invitation to becoming a student of yourself. So come on, let's get studying. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of B-School. I'm excited because we have another guest on and she's incredible. We have Ariel Fry, who is a success coach and also the founder of Ariel Fry Media. Ariel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I have been looking forward to this conversation, so we can go ahead and dive right in. I love preparing for interviews and just thinking about what the conversation with my guests is going to look like. And as I was doing research for this one, I was excited because I get to kind of share one of my more nerdy sides. I get really excited about personal finance. Like when I was a kid, I'd get excited about getting money for my birthday and then like saving part of it. Now I love to listen to Planet Money and just kind of read up what's happening economically. And while this episode isn't necessarily going to be about personal finance, I do think it's going to be about something that's really important, which is just a strategy that anyone can employ, which is having residual income. And I think that's cool because sometimes I talk about more businessy things on here. Sometimes it's more personal, but residual income is something that really anyone can get excited about. So Ariel, I'm wondering if you can break down what residual income is. Yes. So in my world as a coach and just in what I see in the online space, residual income is really when you take an action to do something that provides you income once and then income again and again and again without you doing anything. Now, that being said, I will say that I think that there are some misconceptions about residual income. And I think that those really stem around people thinking that you can just kind of set it and forget it. And that's not the case. So residual income does require work to set up. And then it requires work to continue it, essentially. But there are ways to earn additional money on top of the work that you're doing that would make it residual. So I'm happy to kind of explore that more and and dive into that more if you have more questions. Yeah, I like this distinction because sometimes people will say passive income and make that the same as residual income. But the passive income piece is where you do start to get into this misconception where it's like, well, if it's passive, doesn't it mean that I don't have to work at it? And that's not always the case. So thank you for just being upfront with that distinction. Totally. And you kind of hinted in your last response that there are things that you need to do to set up and prepare for residual income and then things that you need to do to kind of maintain. So for me, when I think of anything related to residual income, I personally have this weirdness where I worry that I'm going to be like salesy or that people are going to think that I'm slimy. How do you combat those feelings? Like what what approaches do you have towards that? Yes. Yeah. I think 
that part of feeling good about selling and not feeling sleazy or salesy or yucky in any way is about loving what you're actually selling to begin with. So for example, let's say that there was some kind of accounting software that was something I could continuously sell. That does not light me up because like I love money and business, but I don't love kind of, you know, the tracking of the numbers and, you know, crunching and that's just not my thing. So if there was, you know, something like that, that I could sell for residual income, I would probably feel really weird about selling it because I don't feel really passionate about it. So that's one of my core values as a business owner and within my company is always being in integrity around what we're selling. If I don't believe in it, we're not selling it. And so I think you can take on that personal value or that value personally for yourself and say, what do I love about this? What do I love about this product? What benefits has it given to me? And how do I know that it's going to serve other people? I think we, when we can flip things into a service place and we really feel good about serving other people, then it becomes less about us and us selling and more about how we are talking about this product and just sharing it as a means of being of value to someone else and giving service to someone else. And when we do that, then we can feel really good about it. But I think that starts with loving the product for yourself or just really believing in it in general. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've heard that idea of thinking about serving rather than selling, which just in general, first of all, it's funny that you use that example of financial services, because I literally just got an email in my inbox earlier about like, hey, we're this payment processing platform, and we're really interested in you like setting up small businesses on payment processing, which is really cool. Like if you're a small business, and you want to take credit cards, that's something that you need, but that's not necessarily something that excites me. So just very synchronous that that happened to be something that literally just happened to me today. And I had to think through, okay, this is an interesting opportunity. But how would I even talk about this in a way that resonates? So this is a little encouraging because I'm like, okay, I'm already implementing the advice that you just gave and not necessarily (laughs) even realizing it. So yeah, yeah, I love that. And like I said, it's so much about the value that you're feeling like you bring to someone. And when you can get out of your own way and stop worrying about the other person on the other end judging you or what someone might think, that's when you're really going to be able to focus on service. I think it's this concept of like, if you focus on yourself and being nervous and feeling doubtful and allowing those feelings of fear and doubt to settle into you and to kind of sit there so you don't take action, you're being selfish. I heard someone say this once and I was like, this is so great. And some people might think, oh, that's a gut punch. I love stuff like that. So that's why I'm sharing it. But when we focus on ourselves and we focus on, is this person judging me? What are they going to think? I feel like I am being salesy. We're really focusing on what is that person going to think about me instead of, okay, if I stopped focusing on me feeling salesy and I just focused on the value of what I'm offering to this person and how it can impact their life, 
and how I'm serving them, then all of that energy and that intention goes on to service. And then you're not being selfish, right? Yeah. And I think that segues really nicely into the next question that I wanted to ask you, which is for you as someone who is a business owner, someone who shows up and sells things online, what are some of your tried and true strategies? I think relationships is number one above everything. Because we're in the day of marketing in 2020, where just running people through a funnel or just showing up in front of people and them seeing you a few times is not going to cut it because people don't want to feel like a number and they don't want to feel like they're run through a system. They went through that hype like five years ago. And now we're really in the space of people want to feel like you are creating a relationship with them and they want it to be a genuine relationship. So your job is to show up in that way and to really understand your customer so much by speaking to them, by being there with them, by solving their problems, by listening to them. So it's no longer just about running them through a funnel and talking to them and showing them the possibility. It's now about really relating to them, connecting with them, talking to them in messenger and in direct message and through text message and through emails and getting responses back and creating things for them. So it's that relationship building online that is the number one strategy. And you can really do that in a lot of different ways. So in my company, I really focus on the concept of aligned success. And um, I market to a lot of women who kind of already use the word alignment or aligned. So it makes a lot of sense to them. But the concept is this, aligned success means that you are creating a strategy that resonates with, with you and for you and works for you and your customer. So it's not about doing a strategy on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or going live or having the right email marketing. It's not about that at all. It's about saying, great, yes, there are tools that you can use within email marketing and within Instagram but there's not a right way to do this. The right way is really just simply to create relationships and the avenue to do that doesn't really matter as long as you're doing it consistently and showing up really genuinely. And then of course, there's like other little things in there. Like you wanna make sure that you're talking on social media about your authority. You are actually sharing your product and the benefits of that or your service and the benefits of that. You are being transparent with people. You are providing them information that's really going to serve them now before they pay you anything for your product or service. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So it's less about like having a secret formula and more about actually building relationships that make sense and everything stems from that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is really helpful and I feel like we could probably go and record like a series of podcast episodes diving into <laughs> different pieces. But I think this is definitely a good primer for people who are like, okay, maybe I do want to have an extra stream of revenue. Where do I even start from that? And we actually met because of some of the work that you do outside of coaching. You've been doing some consulting for this company called Mavely, which I think is just doing really cool things. I mentioned it really briefly on the podcast once, but 
I'm curious, could you just tell listeners what Mavely is? Yeah, totally. So Mavely is a social shopping app. And it's really cool because the products that they have on the actual app are a lot of female founded products and also sustainable products. So the app allows you to essentially shop these products and share them with your friends while also earning money back every time that you shop and every time that you share. I love that. And I think what's really cool is like when I first looked at the app is that there were things that I already shopped at, like I specific brands, like one that I'm obsessed with and I have been since college is called Able. They used to be called Fashionable, but I went to college in Nashville. They're based in Nashville. They used to only sell scarves and now they've built out this really cool supply chain where they work with women in different countries and really develop them as artisans and business owners and have these beautiful things like I have a bag of theirs that I use often. I've bought a lot of their bags. Now I have a really cute pair of sneakers. So for me, you can kind of already hear like what Ariel has said. That's I could talk about that brand forever. And it's cool that in addition to supporting that brand, it's a way to support each other. What I think is really cool about the app is that you're going to get links to share products that allow you to earn money back that you wouldn't normally have the opportunity to share. So with a company like Able, you could focus specifically on sharing clothing and products from Able through the links that Mavely gives you to earn residual income. So you could share those on the podcast. You could share those um, on Instagram. And that would allow people to go and buy those products and allow you to earn residual income every time that someone shopped those products that you shared. So you wouldn't actually have to be sharing all the products on the app. You could be shopping all of the products on the app, but you could just be sharing those key brands that you really love. Which I I think that's really cool because you've all have done a great job of curating brands, but there's some that are going to resonate more than others. And I think that's a, a nice way where almost everyone can find something that's going to get them excited. Can you explain a little bit, because I brought you on as someone who knows a lot about kind of the mindset side of selling, but also is familiar with Mavely as well. Can you explain a little bit more about how the residual income piece comes in? Yeah, Mavely has this really cool partner program, which allows you to earn money on products that are shopped by anyone who downloads the app with your link. So that would allow you to share your link to the app or your link to specific products on social media and with friends on your blog and in other places that it makes sense. And when people download the app with your link or shop the products that you've shared with your links, then you're going to earn money from their shopping. Awesome. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So for me, when I look at Mavely, I see it as like this win-win-win because if you're going to shop already, you have an opportunity to support brands 
many of which are women-owned or have like this sustainability, eco-friendly focus. And then also you get cash back or your friends get cash back if they decide to buy something. So for me, when I think about serving, it really is this coming from this place of service. So thank you for explaining that so well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that always is the thing. And honestly, that's where this concept came from, the concept of Mavely. And it's why I decided to consult with them because typically I do coaching online for my own company. And when I heard about the concept of Mavely and why they were doing it to really influence how people shop, right? And influence the brands that people shop, those being female founded and sustainable brands and really focusing on women and empowering women to be the ones who drive those decisions forward. It just made so much sense to me to help them with that mission. Yeah. Yeah. You used the word aligned earlier. And I feel like this is something that is aligning for a lot of people. Definitely. Thank you for sharing some of your tips around residual income in general, and also just diving a little bit deeper into Mavely. I would love to talk through these lightning questions. These are my favorite questions to ask people. So the first question for you is, what is something that you've learned recently that you're excited about? Oh my gosh. You know what? I think that it's that I'm enough. And I'm just being really honest. This is something that it's not super, super recent, but I learn it every single day. So I would consider that recent. And I think it's something that I've seen a lot of people work through and struggle through and and learn. And so, especially women. So I think that that's like the biggest thing is that when I feel like I'm 100% enough, my opinion comes out clearer, what I want to say comes out clearer, my message goes further, things are just generally more successful. And of course, there's not that level of questioning yourself and there's not that doubt and there's less fear. And so you actually attract and go get what you want faster. Yeah, that's such a good one. And that's something that I feel like I'm always learning and relearning. So I'm sure people can resonate with that. The next question that I have for you is what is something that you're in the process of unlearning? Perfection. That's definitely something I'm in the process of unlearning. I'm a very, very high achiever. And I created a really substantial amount of success early on in my early 20s. And now I'm in my late 20s, which is not that far away from my early 20s. But a lot of that was driven from really just working 24-7 to make everything the best that I possibly could. And while I still want to make everything the best that I possibly can, I think that dropping perfection and feeling like you're fully enough, for me anyway, is one of the ways to drive things forward a lot faster, especially now working with my own business partners and my own team. A lot of the times we think that the things that we're delivering have to be perfect before we get them to people. And if you're processing out of that place, I think most of the time, the work that you're doing is going to be such high quality, even if it's not perfect, that it will meet the needs of the people that you're giving it to. And sometimes 
the people that you give things to, they, they just want something, right? They just want something to go off of. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you save a lot of time when you drop that perfection and you say, okay, done is better than perfect. This is great for now. And I can optimize it along the way to make it perfect, but I don't have to sit here and think about it forever or work on it forever to try to make it perfect now, because I just don't have all the information right now to make it perfect. I'm going to do the best that I can and make that enough. Mm. That is so good. I felt like that was just speaking to my heart. Oh, good. (laughs) And then the last question is my favorite question. What's a way that you've grown that you're proud of? And this is something like totally brag. Don't hold anything back. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think in the past, I probably would have bragged about like, you know, the money that I've made or the people that I've worked with or, you know, just where my company's going and things like that. But honestly, the thing that right now I think I'm most proud of has been my ability to let go and my ability to really focus on what it is that I desire to create as opposed to things that I'm afraid might happen. And so, you know, I know we haven't talked about this a lot, or at all, really. But I'm a single mom. And so that essentially just means that there are times that I don't have my daughter. So I take care of her 75% of the time by myself. But she's going to be three soon. And I don't have her all the time. So I have had to really learn to completely let go and to really reframe my thoughts around her being in environments that are not my environment, which of course, as a mom, as a mama bear, and as a high performance perfectionist (laughs) or recovering perfectionist, I think are the best, right? I think I have the best environment for her. So I've really had to let go a lot of control around her and her environment and things like that. And the reason I bring that up is because I think that it's so, it's been really, really powerful and beneficial for me just in terms of my own company and being available for other people in my company, my team, and just other people in my life in general. It's been valuable for me to really let go of what they're doing and allow them to have full responsibility of everything, of their projects, of their tasks, and really trust people more. So that's probably my biggest brag right now because I've done a lot of work around that and I feel really proud of my ability to not be in that sort of tight, anxious state around things that I can't control, right? Just showing up knowing that I can control what I can control and everything else I have to let go of. And the way that I can essentially control those things without really controlling them is to just simply set my intention on what it is that I want to attract into my life and have my thoughts focused on that. Because even if there's something that I attract into my life that's not exactly ideal or not what I want, at least my thoughts are focused in a gratitude space, in a positive space, in a space of knowing that you know everything's going to be okay. Thank you for sharing. That sounds like, yeah, there's a lot of growth there. And I appreciate you taking us into some of what that that journey looked like. Ariel, thank you for being on the show. If people were excited to learn from you and want to continue following along, what are the best ways for them to connect with you? 
Yeah, totally. So the very best way to connect with me is on Instagram. My handle is at the Ariel Fry. And that's the very best way that you can see everything that's happening with me personally and also in my company and everything that we have to offer right now. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for listening. I'll be back in your earbuds next week. Thanks so much, Taylor. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com. 